This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. They are brave and calm. Some of the survivors of the Orlando massacre who've left their hospital beds to talk about what they witnessed and experienced as a gunman shot and killed 49 people at the Pulse Gay Nightclub early Sunday morning. You may have seen on TV or heard here on Zoomer Radio News some of their stories. Angel Cologne told his story. He described how he lay still on the floor playing dead while the gunman shot him in the hand and hip to make sure. He was also appreciative in his praise for the hospital staff and a police officer who helped him. I'm looking up and some cops, which I wish I can remember his face or his name because I'm to say I'm grateful for him. He looks at me, he makes sure that, that I'm alive and... He grabs my hand and he's like, this is the only way that I can take you out. I'm like, please carry me because I'm in pain right now. I couldn't walk or anything. So he, uh, he starts to drag me out across the street to the Wendy's. And I'm grateful for him, but the floor is just covered in glass. So he's dragging me out while I'm just getting cut. My behind, my back, my legs. And... I don't feel pain, but I just feel all this blood on me from myself, from my other people. And he just drops me off across the street, and I look over, and there's just bodies everywhere. We're all in pain. And we, uh, we were able to get to the ambulance. They brought us over here, and the way that you guys have taken care of us in this hospital is amazing. And then there's Patience Carter, who was visiting from Philadelphia and whose friend died in the gunfire. The guilt of feeling lucky to be alive is heavy. It's like being rushed to the hospital and told you're going to make it when you laid beside individuals whose lives were brutally taken. So the motive is very clear to us who are laying in our own blood and other people's blood, who were injured, who were shot that we knew what his motive was, and he wasn't going to stop killing people until he was killed, until he felt like his message got out there. Carter overheard Omar Mateen making his phone call to 911 as he pledged allegiance to a leader of the Islamic State terror group. What they've gone through, how they will heal, it is personal, and yet there are commonalities in dealing with post-traumatic stress. For this, we go to social worker Gary Dierenfeld, who joins us on the line. Gary, thanks for joining us here on Fight Back. Sorry to be with you for such a, um atrocious uh, reason. Well, we turn to experts in these times. Uh, I mean, for one, as witnesses to these victims' stories— what struck me most is their sense of calm. Is that common in the hours and the, the days after something like this? That calm can all actually be a manifestation of still being in shock, uh. where they are so overwhelmed by the enormity of the event 
that in the moment it cannot all be processed. So it appears as calm, but think of a duck uh, on the water. On the surface, all looks calm underneath the feet are paddling a mile a minute. What are they going through? Would this be similar to having witnessed an act of war? Absolutely. Um, Within moments, their lives have flashed through uh, their eyes. They've had the horrific image of people being gunned down and torn to shreds in front of them. These, this is such a horrific scene and so uncommon a scene that it is remarkably, remarkably overwhelming. These kinds of images can unfortunately come back to haunt people uh, moments later, hours later, days later, months later, even years later. Um, These are things that impact our brain, impact our psyche, impact our well-being. And really, um, we don't really talk about overcoming this because it, it would almost be disrespectful to the event. But to integrate, uh, a better word, these experiences into our lives, it is really helpful for these persons to express themselves about their, their upset and to share, actually, and talk with others, and at times those others who have, who have gone through similar events. Now, I'm, I would imagine that, and we've only seen a few of the survivors tell their stories, there would be an equal number of survivors who witnessed the Orlando massacre, who were part of it, who don't want to say a word, or who are reacting completely differently. Absolutely. We worry for those, uh, from a mental health perspective, who are more inclined to keep things bottled up into themselves. You know, just on a statistical basis, those who are able to open up, share, and, and make use of social support, in the long run, they tend to fare better and be less symptomatic of, of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. So we do want to encourage them to speak out. We do want to encourage them to seek uh, the support of mental health uh, professionals given these uh, terrible experiences. You may have questions for Gary as well. Our lines are open, 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. I guess they will all need therapy, or you would recommend therapy for all of these shooting uh, survivors? Well, you know, let's take it out of the context of therapy and just put it into the context of social support. To say therapy, is, it's almost to suggest there's something wrong with them. Uh, there's nothing really wrong in the sense that they will have uh, tremendous reactions to tragic events. That actually makes them normal. But to, to survive that, in a sense, normal reaction, we do want people to have social support. Um, particularly through these trying times in the days, weeks, and months to follow. What, uh, what do you think these victims are doing to help us, to help people who have watched and are reading and are online and listening to the radio and hearing about the investigation? For 24 hours, we didn't hear from these shooting survivors, and then all of a sudden they were speaking. How does that move the experience along for us, or does it have the complete reaction, different reaction? Well, a um, couple of things in, in response to that question. First of all, I think it's helpful to the victims to finally be able to get their stories out and speak. 
I think it's helpful to the victims to experience the groundswell of support, love, and caring that they've gotten uh, internationally. And as for us who are the secondary witnesses, so to speak, we, we actually talk of secondary uh, victimization or traumatization. So we who are listening to the stories, we too can actually be uh, negatively impacted upon where, where it can um, drive itself into our psyche where we will be fearful, where we will feel overwhelmed as well. So it's as if we, through this vicarious traumatization, we too need to speak about that. And at times, um, it's not unreasonable for us to turn off our TV, to turn the channel, so that we don't get overwhelmed by the enormity of these experiences too. Yes, reading, listening to the coverage, watching the television coverage, and here in Toronto, many of us have family members or friends who are gay who may be going to the Pride Parade. We may want to go ourselves, and we're hearing of possible threats. Yes. Uh, How do we reconcile all this and deal with those feelings? Uh, Very good point. So, So, you know, we are in the midst of Pride Month, and by the way, this experience in Orlando, you know, somebody said to me, why do we need to have um, a pride parade? Well, because of Orlando. That's why we need to have it, because we still don't have equal rights for all persons, uh, regardless of, of, of gender, orientation, race, color, creed, etc. And so, so this points to the necessity of still having uh, a pride parade. And for, for those who are contemplating going, this is a traumatic uh, experience that can impact their sense of safety while at that event. And that's the terrorism aspect of what has transpired. So how do you overcome that? How do you deal with that? Again, by talking with your peers, by talking with your loved ones, by talking with your colleagues, by making overt those bad feelings which we would normally keep covert. Is it okay to stay away out of fear, or should you really confront those feelings and go and, and line the parade route and, and support the so, event and and, the, and and our society as a whole? Those are choices to be made on an individual basis, and whatever the individual chooses uh, in terms of what is right for that individual, I would certainly support. Having said that, you know, we don't want terrorists to win, Part of the win is impacting our choices and our behaviors. So the degree to which we can still get out there, um, attend these events, and feel uh, some freedom of movement, um, there's a sense of coming back, there's a sense of defiance, there's a sense of overcoming that can be achieved by still participating. We're it's speaking still an individual choice, and I, and I want to stress that. We're speaking with social worker Gary Dierenfeld on Zuma Radio's Fight Back. Jane Brown in for Libby's Nimer today. Uh, has there been anything positive for, for lack of better terms, the gay movement that's come out of this horrendous tragedy? Oh, boy. Well, you know, we like to say out of any tragedy uh, comes some good. Hopefully it mobilizes reasonable people throughout our country, throughout the world, to, to be better appreciative of those folks who may seem different than ourselves, yet they are 
our brothers, our sisters, our parents, our children, our aunts, our uncles, our friends, our neighbors, our community. So hopefully we can, we can rise in solidarity and as a society recognize uh, how terrible it is to hate and how we have to be respectful of all persons, of all persons. And so, so if there's an upside to that, hopefully it will press that. Now, you know, disgustingly, disgustingly, these events have been used for political gain, uh, at least in the United States. They have been, um, from my perspective, absolutely bastardized to promote greater hatred. And, and you know, I think the United States is, is, is coming to a crossroad where they are going to have to figure out who they are as, as an entire population as an entire population, are they going to preserve peace and equality for all, or are they going to fall to anarchy? And, you know, with the events that's going on in the media, that's, that's now a reasonable concern. Certainly, as a Canadian, uh, life is a lot easier. <laughs> You know, the way that we as a society, I mean, maybe it's more of a Toronto thing, but... Jane, you and I, we look south of the 49th parallel, and we're gobsmacked. Uh, on the day of the Orlando, Orlando shooting, you know, I'm frequently posting to my social media. The only post I wrote uh, on the day of the Orlando shooting was, I cannot post today, I'm too overwhelmed. Mm. And, you know, I hope the majority of balanced, reasonable... Uh, people are also feeling that sense of being overwhelmed and, and at the end, like myself, want to use it to mobilize peace, acceptance, and understanding. Yes, and I think that we all see ourselves and see our loved ones in those survivors who were telling their stories yesterday, which makes the feelings all that much more common, makes yeah. us all feel much more the same. Yeah. Thank you, Gary. My pleasure. Uh, good being on with you, Jane, and, and next time by better, by better occasion. Certainly. We will call you again for sure. Social worker Gary Derenfeld here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. I'm Jane Brown for Libby's Nimer. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.